Digital Marketing Radio, episode 244. What are the foundation stones required to create a successful modern brand? Digital Marketing Radio with David Bain. Hi, I'm David Bain and this is Digital Marketing Radio, the show for in-house agency and entrepreneurial marketers who want to stay on top of the latest tools, tactics and trends shared by today's modern marketing masters. Now, we all know that communications channels have evolved radically over the last 10 years, but how has that changed what a brand can be and do? On this episode 244 of Digital Marketing Radio, we look at what it takes to create a super successful brand in 2021. Joining me to discuss that is a man who's a brand ambassador, a strategic advisor and founder of the brand Bucket Company. Welcome to DMR, Barnaby Winter. Hello, David. Lovely to be with you today. Yeah, thanks for um, joining me, Barnaby. Much appreciated. Um, So let's um, get straight into, I guess, um, what you perceive um, a brand to be all about. Um, So um, can we maybe get started by thinking about how things have changed? So um, how has um, being a brand, a a good brand um, in 2021, how has that changed between maybe 20 years ago or so and now? I think it's a great question. And I think it's it's one that I often come across business owners haven't quite grasped yet. Well, I think the first first thing that's worth doing, David, is to, is to define what a brand is, uh, because pop, often people muddle up the difference between a brand and branding, um, uh, and they are entirely separate things. Branding is essentially your logo, your look and feel. That's not a brand. That may have constituted a brand when I first came into the industry for brand creation 35 years ago, when actually what we did is we were given a, a thing called a USP, a unique selling point or a unique selling proposition uh, by a business. And then what we did is we used to wrap it in a nice set of clothes, a nice logo, nice look and feel, nice advertising. And then we used to blast the market with our amazing USP. What's happened since then, of course, is the internet arrived in the late 90s and consumers, buyers, they've got access to far more information than they've ever had before. So what's actually happened now is the role of branding has diminished and actually what people need to be doing is looking at building their brand. Now, we went through a process in 1999 as a, I was running a, a top 200 advertising agency in central London then, and we went through a process of defining brand. So we defined it as follows. Uh, brand is every experience that affects the relationship between a product or service and its buyer and essentially what that means is a brand is now a relationship it's a relationship with your business your products your services from the moment people find out about you discover you right through to they've been a long-term buyer of your your particular products and services so brand is almost everything you do in your business so of course when you're building uh, a brand today, what you've got to make sure you do is you apply marketing thinking to every aspect of your business systems, your business processes, your communication, you know, your staff need to understand it and it needs to be embedded in your, your product uh, or your service. And that's a fundamental difference between what the role of brand is today. It's completely marketing led. Your business should be marketing led to the way it was 30 years ago where operations was important and HR was important and finance was important. That's now, they're now all threshold things. And actually what you should be really focusing on is every aspect of your business from a marketing perspective. And that's the difference now. Understood. Um, so brand is every experience, everything you, you, do, you do in your business or your communication. So does that mean that um, rebranding, changing your 
identity, your 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 logo, your uh, visual identity is less valuable than it used to be. I think that's absolutely right. If that's all you do, um, and if you don't take the right uh, route to rebranding, I think there is absolutely a misnomer that rebranding would give you a, a, a you know a new new look and feel but it's like painting a room again it's still the same room it still has the same furniture and you're still going it through the same doorway uh, and actually that often then doesn't have the impact for a business that a business is looking for often businesses that go through a rebrand and I've done over over 300 in my career is uh, trying to set out a new story a new uh, vision for the marketplace so that people come at you in a slightly different way and you bring in new target markets, sell new products, sell new services. And to do that, you've got to go to a much deeper level in a rebrand than just simply uh, what, what can often happen is putting lipstick on a peak. Um, and you, you don't want to do that. That's a very expensive way of not of not really changing the perspective perspective of your product or your service. So there's some real foundation stones you have to put in place first before you do that. So I'm sure um, we've all experienced different brands that are memorable for not the right reasons and other brands which are memorable for the right reasons. Um, How do you actually make a brand memorable for the right reasons? How do you encourage um, people that haven't even done business with you yet to actually remember who you are? The first thing you've really got to do is you've really got to nail what story you want to tell the marketplace. Uh, we, we call that in our industry a value proposition, but actually as an agency, we've we've moved to a values proposition where it, it covers effectively four sets of values. Um, your behavioral style, you have to define the values that sit behind that because actually that's the way you're going to differentiate yourself in, in a marketplace where you're probably not the only one providing the product or service. The next thing you need to do is define your your benefit values. So rather than focusing on your features, uh, which a lot of businesses tend to do, they tend to populate their website with lots of features. You need to, you need to define what the benefits are of owning your product or working with you as a service. And then the final set of values or third set of values is you've got to you've got to build beliefs around your business. What you want people to believe about you. It's kind of inspired by Stephen R. Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Begin with the end in mind. You've got to put that in place so you understand that the effect, the impact you're going to have on the marketplace is, is known before you start doing that. And then finally, what you probably want to define is what you'll be famous for. Um, and that's the thing where all the creative initiatives should go into a rebrand is really trying to make yourself famous for uh, your, your the benefits they give and, and, and the behavioral style that you're going to offer the market how you do things in a different way to everybody else um, and that's and that's the way you put a modern day brand into the marketplace uh, now there's ways of doing that which are really really critical um, as well so uh, brilliant okay well maybe we can go into the ways in a little bit but i'd also like to touch upon personal or business brand because i think um, many listeners will actually be running their own business as a personal brand what are your general thoughts on the pros and cons between running a business brand versus a personal brand? So I, 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 it's a, such a great question. I think it's worth pointing out that 99.6% of all business in the UK are run by a person. Um, uh, of, the, of the 6 million businesses in the UK, only, only just over 7,000 employ more than 250 people. And in fact, uh, 
uh, 76% of all businesses, that's 4.2 million businesses, have no employees whatsoever. I'm proud to be a, a business that's running into its 11th year as a limited company. And there's only me because I've built an outsourced model uh, 10 years ago, which allows me to outsource every element of my system and process for helping brands grow and develop. Um, so I think every brand is a personal brand. So there's no distinction between what a personal brand is and what a what a business brand is for the majority of businesses. And even if you look at the big ones, whether it's your Gucci or Chanel or Sainsbury's or, or, or Cadbury's, they're all started by families or founders who, who and they carry their name. So they've all done the thing. So the trick here is to somehow decant your own personal value set into the value set of the business. So you kind of be separated from the business. So there's kind of you working for yourself and it's kind of you. So your business uh, exhibits all of the values that you hold as a person. So when, when, when I talk about defining your behavioral style, your the benefits that you give people, what you want people to believe, from a, from a business point of view, whether the owner operator is there or the founders the dominant partner actually those are the same values as you have as a person but then what you need to do is transfer those into the business systems and processes so effectively when people are dealing with your business it's kind of like dealing with you but you don't have to be there so that gives you the option later on to either scale or just just enjoy being away from the business because it's kind of carries all your values. So I think I think David, to be honest, they're they're one and the same. A personal brand and a business brand is probably one and the same for for most uh, businesses in the UK. Certainly. What if you are running a personal brand, but you're changing entirely the nature of your business? So if you go from selling ice cream on the beach to being an SEO expert, can you still? Um, just change what your business does online, but keep the personal brand? Or is it advisable in that kind of situation to change the brand entirely? So I, I, oh, that's a really great question. Uh, the, the, I think you're, you're alluding to this concept of pivoting, um, which, which has become a very popular uh, phrase in the last sure. year during the, during the pandemic. Um, so I think it's important to understand that what will not change is your behavioral style. So that will remain the same. So your opportunity for moving into an entirely different business space and doing something entirely different is you take your style into a different marketplace, a different sector. But it's your style that people buy first. They buy from you emotionally. They buy the way you do things. What would clearly change is how you benefit the buyers because clearly uh, how you uh, benefit somebody from selling them an ice cream to how you benefit somebody selling them SEO is entirely different. So where you would have to do some work is really understand what it is you're going to give people and really drive the benefits. So that clearly is going to be very different. What you might want people to believe about you as a business person, as a business, might be the same. So you might actually argue that uh, um, uh, the pleasure that you derive from an ice cream and it's easy to get and it's really good on a hot day. You can also apply that possibly to having great SEO, which will bring you pleasure because it'll bring you uh, more inquiries to your business, which means you can sell more. And you know what? You can uh, make more profit and go away on holiday and enjoy hot days and eat more ice creams. So, you know, there's a way of, of, of linking those two together. So you don't have to deviate away from that. And clearly what you want to be famous for, if you're a personal brand or you're, you're, you're an individual, is you want to be famous for your lens on the world, your, your experience, your style, uh, your views, 
Um, and that's going to be broadly the same whether you apply that to a, an SEO product or an ice cream product. So I think people buy you in that sense, and often people talk mm. about that, but that's your that's the value set that will dominate and remain consistent. Clearly, the benefits are going to be different. It's, it's a great answer. I just plucked those two examples off the top of my head, actually, but it made me think of a gentleman called Jason Barnard, and um, he's a musician, but he's also an SEO expert, and he's a, an expert in knowledge panels, and those put on the right-hand side of search results. Uh, it, it, Exactly. So um, if you go from being a musician to an SEO expert, then obviously Google has a challenge of defining um, who you are. If it wants to actually define you, pigeonhole you as a, a certain type of indiv- individual who does certain type of things. So uh, it's but it, I, I love your idea of, of I guess, um, not changing your principles as a person. And, you know, if you believe in certain things, that doesn't necessarily mean that um um, you're you're different in any way as a person when you're doing different things as a business, and then that kind of leads on to my next question as well, which is um, how do you ensure that your brand identity is as cohesive as possible in the modern world? So there are so many different platforms nowadays. Um, obviously, social platforms like uh, Facebook, LinkedIn. Um, what are the mistakes that brands do in terms of cohesiveness and not? I guess, um, providing that joined up thinking to ensure that ensuring that prospects and customers um, have that same feeling about the brand, no matter where they see them. Uh, So there's there's a couple of real key factors that affect that, to be honest, David. The the first thing is rather weirdly in the United Kingdom, uh, the, the marketing services industry is divided up into these little pockets of people. So if you want if you want SEO, you go to an SEO expert. If you go to a web, want a website, you go to a web expert. If you want exhibitions, you go to a live experience expert. If you want design, you go to a design or a graphic designer. If you want, and actually, that's the first fundamental flaw because each of those uh, creative expressions are run by creative people, and they try and put their own kind of interpretation of what you're asking them to do on their bit. And of course, they deal with different parts of the journey. So what you can end up with very quickly instead of having an agency that's, that's fully integrated, that has integrated thinking. So a lot of people use digital agencies. Digital agencies have no concept of what it's like to be in a shop or or, 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 or offline or be at an exhibition. And actually, if you start to, often people go to PR agencies and ask them to do their exhibitions. It, it's nonsense. I mean, just, they have no expertise in that field and they're just using their own common sense, which is invariably limited. So that's the first mistake. Second mistake is not having a value proposition. What you must do is you must define the story and then give that. If you're going to work with multiple people, you've got to give the same story to the same people um, and, and, and do that. And what you should always be doing as a, as a brand, a business owner, a brand owner, is mapping the journey that your uh, prospects will take into your business, literally line by line, and then making sure that as they move from one step to the next step, that they're going through the same the same process, they've got the same uh, look and feel around them, they've got the same story, they've got the same benefit promises, they've got the same value style. So all of that holds all that together. So you've got to make sure that everybody working on your business, but staff-wise, across your departments, um, and particularly from a marketing services point of view, everybody gets that there's one core value proposition they've got to bring to life for those people and then think about where people are you know in the journey you know often 
often people, website designers always think the website is the first thing that people see. So they kind of design them. So it's kind of all the information on the front page and you know, how long yep. they've been going and how many staff and everything. Well, here's the thing. The website's probably something like the fifth or the sixth step on the journey into your business. So therefore, they already know they want to buy from you. So you don't have to tell them how long you've been going and what. It's nonsense. That's because web designers are completely isolated from the customer journey, the, the the prospect journey. So the way you link them all together is map the journey, uh, create a, a value proposition that holds everything together, and av- go to an organization that will look after everything uh, in your marketing mix. Uh, put pressure on a marketing director, or as I, I work as that effective as a de facto marketing director in an organization, and I outsource and implement the whole journey using a bucket of course which is which is my methodology but uh, uh, and that will map then the journey but there are lots of other other methodologies that you can use find one person who's going to really look after that 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 relationship brilliant advice um it was actually reminding me of um, a book that i'm reading at the moment called story brand by donald miller have you, have yes, you read that one yeah i yeah. haven't read it but somebody told me about it and then i thought do I buy it and add it to the other 20 I haven't started yet? So uh, <laughs> I'm actually listening, it, to be honest with you, on, on Audible. Yeah, I find yeah, that to be an easier thing. to consume yeah. books, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, um, wonderful stuff. Well, let's segue to the uh, second part of our discussion. So it's now time for Barnaby's thoughts on the state of digital marketing today. So um, starting off with... Secret software. So Barnaby, share a lesser-known Martech tool that's bringing you a lot of value at the moment and why that tool is important for you. Yeah, so actually the thing that... Um, invariably it's going to be very difficult if I, if this is show 244 to come up with something that somebody else said before but the thing that has made a big difference to me is a thing called stream deck um mm-hmm. and it's a little device which gives you uh, uh buttons on your on your desk um which you can just press and and they immediately take you to a certain program actually it's it's original uh conception is if you're if you're a gamer um, then what you can do is you can, and you're presenting your game online. It allows you to give different viewpoints from different cameras very quickly. So it's just a little, a little thing that sits on on your desk. Uh, for those of you on the video, here it is. Look, there it is. Um, and now, what what I bought it because I'm a professional speaker, and of course, in the last year, I've been doing most of my gigs online. So it's quite nice to press a button and change the perspective, and have me small and have me big, and have the content behind me and the content in front of me. I could do all that through Stream Deck. But what where it really made a big difference is you could also program it to take take you to particular part programs or spreadsheets or timesheets or anything. So I have programmed in the front screen. I've got. You'll be pleased to know it's got Spotify on it in case I need to listen to music. It's got Zoom on it. It's got Dropbox on it. It's got uh, my all my client websites on it. So actually, if ever I'm working, I just have to press a button and one of my screens fires up with this, this amazing information on it. The productivity impact for me has been amazing for this, this device. And that was an unintended consequence of, of getting it. Um, so I use it almost daily and, uh, and it saves me maybe... Uh, let's be generous. Five or six minutes a day. Well, that's that's uh, that's twenty five minutes a week. That's uh, two hours a month. Do you know what? That's more gin and tonics for me, and not having to work at my desk. You know, it's it's fantastic. Okay, that's supposed so, to be a bad thing. So don't get a stream deck, anyone. And, and it could possibly be the tool that I used to press secret software. That's what, you can you can you can use stream deck in so many different ways. It's quite incredible. You can use it to switch on your lights, can't you? Um, and run different. Programs in your computer. Um, I, I'm a little bit complicated the way that I actually route my audio through my system. I've got um, vMix, which is the software that I'm using to produce my video, um, but that's where 
the different sound effects are loaded into, but the Stream Deck buttons power that, and then the audio goes from the, the vMix to my Roadcaster. Um, it's a little bit of a complicated setup, but once it's set up, it's, it's just amazing, plug and play, it? you touch the button, it's, and amazing, it's incredible. It? It's amazing, yeah. it's amazing. So, so oh. I, I'm particularly fond of it, I have to say. So, Yes, yeah, absolutely, so am I. <laughs> well, let's press it again and move on to... Next on the list. So what's one marketing activity or tool that you haven't tried yet, but you want to test soon? Right, so I've I have uh, I have begun the journey of a thing called OBS Studio, which I guess I don't know if you're using that as well, David, but it's the thing that Stream Deck ostensibly is meant to link to. Um, yeah. But but it, it's uh, I think it's easier to fly to the moon than run OBS uh, uh, <laughs> Studio, um, and um, uh, so I've I've had one training session on it with somebody that I paid for a couple of hours on, and they they set it all up, and it's all lovely. But of course, the moment the training session stopped, I had no idea what to do. So it's sitting there as a a, a significant investment on on my computer. Um, what it would hopefully do is it will allow me to uh, present ideas in a an innovative way, designing those idea generations around the audience that I'm talking to at any given time. Now, as a professional speaker. Um, I'm, I'm guessing there's going to be a lot of online and hybrid events going forward. Um, so that would be good, great fun because you can bring in video and you can bring in all sorts of things. You can you can drop back. You can be small in the picture, big in the picture, and the content can behind you, all that sort of thing. So I think, and it, it it's again, it's was designed for gamers so they can bring in different viewpoints and things like that. So again, that's the one thing that I'm going to develop uh, more and more so that actually as a it's another tool that as a small business uh, where there's only me, you can look much bigger and much larger than you, you actually are. So it's certainly a great tool used by many people. I started using it probably about seven years ago, about 2014 or so. And maybe it was quite early days in terms of the product development, but I just found it to be a little bit glitchy. Now that could have been to do with the quality of the processor and the computer that I was actually using at the time. But I en ended up moving on to the software that I mentioned called vMix. And vMix yeah. is similar kind of software, but I find it easier to use and I find it less likely to crash. vMix does work only on PC as well. Um, but if you're on PC, that's that's possibly an option worth considering. Um, but it depends what you want to do with the software. You know, if you, it's really important to, to create a, a virtual webcam that you can do anything inside, as you say, you, you create your presentation inside, and then then some kind of studio like like OBS or VMix is important. Um, but you you get some presentation studios or some I, I guess webinar um, or live event studios uh, like uh, like 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 Demio or um, lo loads of other platforms like that that you can easily um, share your screen and do do other interesting effects inside so i'm not sure if it's more or less important to be able to do everything yourself than it used to be that's more of a long meandering thought as opposed yeah. to a question by the way yeah no and listen i in the end i think where you're absolutely right david and i think this is true of of, of all technology is you you've got to you've got to try different things out and find the one that sits with you as a person because we're all wired differently um, and so, therefore, some things work well for certain people and not so well for others. And, yeah. and so you have to keep trying these things. But you, you kind of have to decide on one thing and, and give it a good go before you abandon it. Um, because like anything, it, it takes a while to get used to it. You've got to be under pressure of being in a live situation um, and, and all that sort of thing. So, 
so I, I'm 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 up for at least having a go with it, and then if uh, if we speak in a year's time and I've abandoned it, well then uh, then uh, that that so be it. There are many there are many cupboards here with bits of equipment in that I've abandoned over the years um, because they just didn't fit with my my way of being, you know. So. And there's many Martech software subscriptions that still exist and people's credit cards and people haven't used them for years and haven't even thought Correct. about the software for absolutely. years. Absolutely, absolutely right. Absolutely Let's right. move on to the this or that round. So this is the quick response round. Ten quick questions, just two rules here. Try not to think about the answer too much, and you're only allowed to say the word both on one occasion, so use it wisely. Are you ready? I'm ready. TikTok or Twitter? Twitter. Facebook or LinkedIn? LinkedIn. YouTube or podcast? Podcast. Traffic or leads? Leads. Paid search or SEO? Paid search. Ads or influencers? Uh, influencers. Google ads or Facebook ads? Both. Email marketing or chat marketing? Chat marketing. Martech stack or all-in-one platform? Tech stack. One-to-one -one or scale? Scale. <laughs> we got to the end there. I think the interesting one for me is that um, you went for influencers rather than ads, because before that you went for paid search instead of SEO, but then you went for influencers over ads. So um, why was that? Uh, I think there, there are t two reasons. I, I think if I was building a marketing plan, I would I would be exploring um, media that are influencers. I, I appreciate you probably meant influencers and as in people on online and 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 and, and providing influence, but actually, uh, content is an influencer. It may be delivered by a person. So actually, my definition of influencer is slightly different to, to the nature of the question was. So you asked me to respond quickly. So I had to. Well, the reason I had to think slightly there is because I. Clearly, ads are uh, unfortunately strike me down. Advertising God, I know I've made my whole career out of you. Um, I think are a complete waste of time. Um, and what we need to be doing now is using content in a very, very clever way. And I think that was the only question in there that really alluded to to provision of content in the form of influencers. Um, influencers are a good route to it, but actually, uh, blogs, uh, webinars. Um, podcasts they're all kind of influencers in many respects indeed in, in, indeed as this is so you are you are seeking to to uh, affect behavior in a very humanistic way whereas i think ads tend not to be as humanistic as as they as they once were i think when we we sat in our little uh, homes with our one telly in the corner of the lounge you know ads were the way that we we gained humanity i think now in a modern modern day the digital economy has provided that uh, much more so. Um, uh, so that's hence why I answer that way. It's a great point, actually. I think content comes first before any form of digital marketing activity, uh, whether it's paid, whether it's organic. And unless you have a good content marketing model and know precisely why you're actually writing or recording a piece of content and what you want it to look like, then the effectiveness of the channel that you're intending to use probably isn't going to be there. 
No, and I think that's that's very much the cornerstone of how I know you you said you might come back to it. How we put in place strategies for a modern day brand is it's uh, there's a particular strategy for content uh, which you you must now follow. Well, let's move on to the ten thousand dollar question. If I was to give you ten thousand dollars and you had to spend it over the next few days on a single thing to grow your business, what would you spend it on, and how would you measure success? So. Uh, very clear on this. I, I have recorded over 400 uh, advisory videos in a studio uh, that sit on my computer uh, and are nowhere else. So what I would spend my $10,000 on is I would find a person who would know how to build me a, a great video access platform. Um, I then offer that to my existing client base. Uh, as a reminder, I have a huge mentoring portfolio. So I mentor a lot of owner operators uh, a couple of hours every every month and using the video platform for that. And of course, the way I would measure it is I would, of course, put in a subscription site onto it uh, and then measure the sales of subscriptions to a plethora of a lifetime worth of uh, marketing videos about everything to do with your brand, your business, everything. So uh, that's what I would spend my $10,000 on. Great. Okay. Well, you could certainly use a platform like Teachable. You could maybe even upload it to Udemy as well. But I guess the challenge with content like that is knowing where to draw the, the free line, knowing what to give away for free and what to, to charge for. How do you try and make that distinction yourself? So that, I, I think the, the you know, with, with all good businesses, particularly ones that, that are online uh, orientated, you've, you've got to create a uh, a ladder or a, a staircase, depending on what, what, what image you, you prefer with, where you, you provide uh, deeper examples of your content and your value proposition at each step. So what, what I would be doing is, and then what you're trying to do is you're trying to get people to a point where they have habitually used you and can't do without you. And uh, the model that we, we pursue uh, was uh, the brand bucket was was created for Saab in 1985, and it in it has a key step which is giving a test drive. So the test drive when you're in a uh, advisory platform places, you've got to give people enough long enough to go at it so that they go. This is always has the answer when I'm looking for it. So uh, um, so I would be designing content, and actually it may well be that what you do is you uh, you provide all of the content for nothing. Mm. But then what you do is you charge for access to deeper explanations, bespoke messaging, responding. So, for example, you could build a platform where all the videos are free, but then you charge for in, in five or 10 or 15 minute increments for your advice bespoke on there on the business. So uh, uh, or provide mentoring services or or whatever. So I think the model you would you would create is where people go. I really like this. Keep popping in. It's always got a good answer. And then you kind of remove it, um, like taking a test drive in a car. You know, it's it's which was where the test drive came from in the originally. Um, you, you you as you're getting out of the car, you go. I really want to own that car. Well, that's the time time to sell it. So you build it in such a way. But content provision. Um, you've you you can give ebooks, you can give mini you know mini examples, you can give a you know first one of a set of six. You can you know there are lots and lots of different ways of um, uh, engaging people in a way which makes them go, this is really cool. I'd like to see the rest of it. Um, uh, and uh, it's you know it's you've got to make it interesting, you've got to make it exciting, and it's got to have an impact on people straight away. It can't be just a sort of a flavour of it. Get get people fully immersed 
in your value proposition as quickly as possible. Give us away as much as you possibly can. And it's the relationship they want, not necessarily the content. Yeah, yeah. It's it's tough to know for certain because everyone's business is different and everyone's sales cycle is different. So I guess the volume of content that you require to give away for free is going to be different for most businesses. Yeah, I, th- I think it 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 um, you 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 have to map the journey that people go on, and you have to f- the, the the trick is to to immerse the prospects in your value proposition to a point where when you remove it, they notice. And when they notice, that's the time when you say, they say, you can't take it away. I've been using it as part of my part of my X, Y, Z. I've integrated it into my life. My quality of life has improved as a result of it. And you go, I'm really sorry. I can't keep giving it to you for nothing. And they go, well, we have a problem here. And I go, yeah, we do have a problem. We're not in, we're not a charity. We're not a not-for-profit. We're not a social enterprise. We're, you know, a commercial entity. I'm sorry, I can't. Oh, I do have one idea. And they go, what is it? What is it? And you say, well, if you give us money, we'll carry on with this relationship. And they go, that's a great idea. And they don't even, they don't normally even ask the price because they're so immersed in the value process. So the trick is immerse people as much as you possibly can in 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 your style of doing things, the product, the service, as much as you possibly can, and then remove it at a point when they're, they love it. <laughs> <laughs> great advice. Well, to finish off, let's shift the focus to someone else who deserves it. So that's a magical marketer. So who's an up and coming marketer that you'd like to give a shout out to? What can we learn from them and where can we find them? Yeah. So, I, uh, so, um, uh, another fellow speaker of mine is a chap called Warren Cass. I don't know if you've had him on your show. Um, he, no. he spent, uh, so he's, he's also a professional speaker. He's written a, a great book called a book on influence, um, and how you how you influence people. He's a, a contextual marketer, so uh, very good. But he's been spending the last year uh, with with another chap called Warren Knight, the two Warrens, building uh, a platform to help your personal brand uh, and build your personal brand. So it's interesting your question earlier uh, and how you can be as influential as possible. Um, and they put this amazing uh, program together, which they call Hive Mind, which they're just launching now. So. Um, and essentially what it is, is it's a mentored, uh, mastermind-led program that they've really been working very hard on over the last over the last year or so. Um, and um, it's proving to be really, really impactful for the people who sign up for that. Um, and he's a great speaker um, and has a great view on the context of the marketplace. I, I, I'm a practitioner in, in helping businesses become famous brands. Uh, I've done that 557 times in my career, but the, the he what what it does is sense the context for what you should be operating, what's changing, what's going on, um, and how you as a product or a service can can address that market. And as a personal brand, how you build your personal brand through through his hive mind uh, uh, brand that they're creating right now. Great. Okay. Well, I found him Warren Cass on LinkedIn. I also found his website, hivemindthinking.com. Correct. So, um, great recommendation. So that was episode 244 of Digital Marketing Radio, where Barnaby Winter from barnabywinter.com shared uh, a lot of great value about brand to begin with. So you're talking about defining on what um, you perceive a brand to be. So every experience, everything you do in your business, all your communication um, is what your brand is. It's not just a corporate identity. Uh, And you also talked about um, if you're changing what you do, i.e. if you're changing your brand, keep the same values 
um, uh, as you uh, as you had before, um, and that will lead you through any changes that you want to do. Uh, the secret software that you shared was Stream Deck, uh, as um, demonstrated on this particular show. Uh, next in the list was um, OBS Project, and your magical marketer was, of course, Warren Kess from HiveMindThinking.com. Um, I'll make sure um, everything Barnaby mentioned will be in today's um, show notes on digitalmarketingradio.com. Barnaby, what's the best social platform for someone to follow you and to say hi? Uh, LinkedIn. It was one of my one of my other oars. So LinkedIn, find me on LinkedIn. I'm Barnaby Winter with a Y, in case you haven't noticed. So it's W-Y-N-T-E-R. Uh, I'm probably the only one on, on LinkedIn. There are two of us in the world, but uh, that, so Barnaby Winter is a young musician. Um, and uh, and then obviously www.barnabywinter.com if you want to have a look at the, some of the things I've been getting up to with my career. Okay, well, at least there's only two of you in the world. Um, I had to um, wait about, I think it was about 18 years before I finally got davidbain.com. <laughs> but I got it. It took me a while. I've got to figure out what I want to do with it now, but that's another story. Why um, are your children's names? <laughs> there we go. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I've got, I've got, I've, I've got one. I've got one already. <laughs> that's, that's a sidetrack. Barnaby, thank you again so much for coming on. Um, I've been your host, David Bain. You can also find me producing podcasts for B2B brands over at castingcred.com. And remember, wherever you're tuning in, feedback is fantabulous. Until we meet again, stay hungry, stay foolish, and stay subscribed. Aloha. DigitalMarketingRadio.com DigitalMarketingRadio DigitalMarketingRadio DigitalMarketingRadio.com